Welcome to This Creative Life Radio. I'm Felicity O'Connor. Creative women all over the world are unblocking and recovering their creative journey while they rewrite the rules for creative success. Join me as I explore the lives of people engaged in successful creative work and unlock helpful tips that leave you inspired and ready to create. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast, This Creative Life. I'm Felicity O'Connor. Welcome to our listeners and a very warm welcome, of course, to our regulars. Um, We love having a beautiful audience of people tuning in. And we continue to try and bring you some really interesting, exciting, inspirational interviews um, on this podcast. And today, I'm particularly excited, actually, to talk to somebody who's based in Melbourne, my hometown. Um, always happy to talk to anyone in Melbourne. <laughs> and um, very interested to work and uh, look forward to collaborating with uh, with Claire Bridge, who we're talking to today from Art World Women. And Claire, apart from being her own independent artist, she's also the founder of Art World Women in Melbourne and so we're going to dig in and find out what exactly that is and what they've got on. I know they've got some pretty interesting events beginning around International Women's Day this year in Melbourne and uh, we'd love to hear more about that. But firstly, Claire Bridge, welcome to the podcast. Hi Felicity, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, thank you. It's great to have you and um, you, you mentioned to me before we started recording that, you know, it's important for you to be introduced as an artist first and foremost, and I can really resonate with that. I think that's the core of us and these businesses and enterprises and all the things that we develop sort of come out of that space first and foremost. I don't know if you agree with that, but I would love to firstly start off today talking to you about your own practice, what that is, what you do, what your history is about all of that. Can you share that with us? Thanks, Felicity. And, and yeah, it really does give context to the other ventures and to Art World Women. And, and it really is the heart of what I do. Being an artist is the centre of my life and my vocation. Um, my art practice centres generally around painting and figurative realist painting in a way, but also really stretches out into sculpture, photography, film, video, uh, ceramic, so quite interdisciplinary in in how I approach it, and really the core of it is about our relationship with each other and our planet. So issues around looking at paradigms of power and climate change, how those things manifest. So would you say there's a political edge to what you're doing? I think there, there's definitely a political edge, a philosophical edge, but I think really what I'm I'm working with is is addressing those aspects of of how we can connect to nature, how we can feel that we belong and are a part of our world. There's a lot of alienation. You know, we see it manifested in things like, you know, these awful um, shootings and, you know, the effects of, of alienation and things like violence. And those things manifest in how we treat the planet as well, you know, stripping resources and how that looks in terms of capitalism, consume, consume, consume. But really when we get that chance to, you know, walk through a forest or walk along a beach, put our feet in the ocean, our sense of connection and relationship changes everything about what we do and how we behave. Mm -hmm. So really through my work, there's some of the things that I aim to do, you know, give a sensory experience or give an emotional experience, perhaps elicit a memory or a feeling of a time and a place 
something which um, which brings people back into that sense of connection. Beautiful. Wow. It, what do you think about energy? I mean, I'm just thinking that that feels like it's so connected to something to do with energy. Absolutely. I mean, and energy moves through everything. I mean, if we look at even on quantum physics level, we're, we're all energy. We're all vibrating, um, you know, just in terms of scientific level, let alone, you know, a metaphysical or spiritual level. And um, those certain certainly those concerns are part of, you know, what I bring into my work, looking at, mm. you know, even just the, the concept of a thought and how that changes perception or how that changes behaviour. And, and we know that, you know, that's why they do double-blind experiments, for example, because we know that a researcher that has a particular expectation will perhaps sway the result by that. So how we think about things has a huge influence on not only what we do but the, the actual outcomes as well. Well, that's, that's fantastic to talk to you about that. I mean, I didn't know that you were interested in all that, but I find that a very, very important, significant, and uh, certainly for myself, personally, you know, really something I would practice and think about and exercise every day. And then there's all that interesting thing, isn't there, as an artist, about what happens with the energy that you then commit to the work that you make and where that work goes and how that affects the energy of the people who are exposed to that work in you know, the audience. Beautifully. Yeah, Yeah, really beautifully said. And that is very much a part of what I hope for the work. You know, that's certainly how I work while I'm doing my work. I'm very conscious of my own state, my own emotional state, my own energetic, the consciousness that I bring to my practice. Um, You know, I'll start the day with walk and meditation and yoga and all those kinds of things which you know, open up a free and creative space so that I can actually be really present with what I'm doing and bring, bring not only the best of myself and my skills, but also allow that opportunity for the unknown to appear, the, the unexpected, the things to be transmitted through me into the work. And, and I, you know, there's a trust in that as part of that creative process. Wow, okay, this, this is going to take so many different tangents now, so we're just <laughs> going to go with this because that's, I'm getting excited about what I'm doing. Um, I mean, one, a bigger question I'll come back to is, is about how you deal with fear um, as a creative person because, I mean, I think that's very interesting when you're sort of committed to that process and you're opening up and you want to actually bring that through the artwork, then often we're challenged with resistance, fear, you know, all the things that might come up. Maybe you're not. I certainly am. I think <laughs> but before I even go there, human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, uh, before we even go there, you maybe start to think about um, a routine to begin, not only the day, um, but also if you have a routine to begin your uh, practice, is that, I mean, you talked about walking, meditation, yoga, whatever it is, is that what you, how you would begin your creative work or is there other specific things you do in your creative space to begin that? Oh, I have lots of rituals and, um, you know, I think this kind of harkens back to, to also, you know, training as a martial artist and a competitive martial artist. Um, you know, there's certain specific rituals that, that an athlete does to get into a peak performance zone. Um, and although it's a very different practice being an artist, there's still some of those habits that you can bring in to help clear away the debris and detritus and, and the fears and resistances that you're speaking about. And I absolutely have them. And, you know, if I just stayed with them, I would procrastinate all day, you know, and it would be lunchtime until I, you know, even showed up at the easel. So I do these things like, you know, just going for a walk, even if it's 15 or 20 minutes. 
just look at the sky and, and, you know, feel the breeze, hear the birds, have that sense of movement, uh, which, you know, gets the energy going in my body for the day. Even a small thing like washing my brushes at the beginning of a day, you know, from the previous day's practice. So, you know, a little ritual like that just starts to get everything going and the thought processes are going and, you know, the emotional engagement. I have music that I put on. So, you know, there'll be certain tracks that I'll put on to create an atmosphere. And, you know, I have plants in my studio so that, you know, I feel like there's, there's something alive already happening. So there's lots, there's so many things that I'll do to support myself feeling alive and engaged and, and ready. And it, it takes, it takes a bit of effort. Um, and there are certainly days when sometimes, you know, that takes a lot longer than other days, but it, all of that helps um, and support me to get going. That's fantastic to hear. Really, really interesting. I think certainly a number of the artists that I would be working with um, raise issues like how do they get themselves unstuck or how do they get flowing or going or how do they get over procrastination. So it's interesting to hear you've got some quite deeply thought about reflective upon processes to kind of enable that thing on a, on a regular basis. I think that's very, very helpful for people to... And I think they're, they're really individual. I think it's, you know, it's what works for each person. And I found that these are things that, that help me. And it could be something completely different for somebody else. You know, it could be completely different music or, you know, maybe it's just they have their first coffee for the day and that's it. They're, they're on. Um, but for me, it takes that. I'm, I'm, I think, a, a more meditative, contemplative kind of person. So I, I like kind of savouring all of the things that bubble up in the morning. Beautiful. Actually, I think you'd probably be surprised um, when you start asking people how common some of these things are, like music on in the studio and um, maybe tea or coffee and, um, you know, a walk um, during, before, after, whatever. I mean, actually, I'm surprised how universal some of those things are, but it's really interesting to hear your practice. Tell us um, how, I mean, you, you mentioned being um, a martial arts teacher is that right I mean you were you were an athlete obviously yourself and, and went down that path but how did how did you end up being an artist did you go to art school I did go to art school and, and yeah the martial arts is kind of a diversion but in some ways um, you know there's many things in that practice which helped me you know work through long days so yes I was a, a black belt yeah. and and an instructor and I had a, a very large school with over a thousand students and 30 staff so I, I had a, a really successful business doing martial arts uh, but uh, getting back to your, your question, um, just, yeah, repeat that one for me again. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's okay. No, well, I kind of asked you a double question, which I'm, I'm, I have a tendency to Apologies. Um, I was fascinated. Okay, we had the, the martial arts sort of story, and, and that sounds extraordinary. Um, how did you become an artist? Like art school, you went to art school. Was that before, after, during? How did all that work? Yeah, so art school, I went to Monash University, and I did a painting degree there. And from there, I found that um, there were, you know, many things I still needed to add, a, add to my bow, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think travelling, looking at art, especially in, you know, the States and Europe, really gave me a lot more depth to what I wanted to do with my own practice. And many years as a, a paintings conservator, working with a professional paintings conservator, that was probably my real kind of apprenticeship in a way because 
you know, for example, on my first day, I was handed a street and, and uh, no sketch and, you know, said work on this. And I, I, you know, my jaw dropped kind of like yours is now. <laughs> and I wasn't even sure whether I should touch it, let alone paint on it. But, you know, the woman I was working with, fabulous woman, uh, said, it's okay, it's all removable, go ahead. And I did, and that was the beginning of my apprenticeship to many masters in, you know, Clarice Beckett, Violet Teague, um, fantastic, you know, Cubbon, Streetons, Jeffrey Smart, Emily Ingray's, like so many different works that I was able to work on um, that I learned about paint and I learned about touch and I learned about how people build and construct paintings from the paintings themselves. So you had this kind of really unique, very actual hands-on contact with these paintings. Actual hands-on. <laughs> yeah, actual hands-on. What, what an amazing apprenticeship. And so you then went, you went on to university at Monash and, and you studied and painting was your major. So, but because you, you've mentioned that you do, you know, sculpture and other things as well. Yeah. So more recently I've spent um, really, you know, looking for teachers that, can support me in where I want to take my practice next. So, you know, working with um, sculptors and working with ceramicists, you know, um, working with the extraordinary Janet Beckhouse at the moment, uh, who's a, a great ceramic, ceramicist and um, amazing hand-building artist. So uh, she's, she's fun to work with. And... Um, all of, yeah, all of those things help support me. Right now I'm also doing a bit of post-grad at uh, VCA as well. So continuing my, my practice and my study and always wanting to go a bit deeper. It's fantastic. Um, one of the things I'm often talking about um, in all the work I'm doing is about, uh, particularly for women artists, I guess that's one of our focus points particularly, but, uh, you know, talking about how to invest in yourself and the importance of investing in yourself, in your art career and developing skills and so on. And I think it's really great to hear you doing that because I do something similar, you know, very very similar, like seeking out those teachers now, even though we're sort of well into our professional life as artists and other things. Um, it's so important, I believe, to, to continue to invest in growing those abilities uh, stretching the mind and, and stretching the hands into, you know, those... those and it brings a bit of, you know, joy into the work yeah. as well uh, because yeah. you know, there, there is joy in doing the work but there's also um, a different quality when, when something's new. There's a kind of innocence and playfulness that can come mm. back into your practice and that absolutely feeds into everything else I'm doing. So, um, you know, doing new things, doing completely different things, um, re-energizes what I do as an artist. So you, so you mean even like you're talking about different mediums. So, for instance, your sculpture work informs your painting. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. and it actually even changes how you see. I mean, when you, when you start working three-dimensionally, it completely changes how you approach a two-dimensional surface. I can only imagine. I am the most impressed. <laughs> you can possibly imagine which is why i married a very practical man because i thought i can't survive in this world um so 3d is just totally beyond me but i'm sure you're right <laughs> i'm strictly 2d it's the safest thing for me to be in the world <laughs> okay so that's fabulous so all of this was was kind of going along and has been part of your life for some time by the sounds are you yeah. exhibiting yourself somewhere do you are you connected to a gallery what do you what's where's your well, i've got three exhibitions on the go in march 
Um, wow. So, uh, yeah, hitting the ground running for 2018. Opening soon in the Northern Territory um, with Artback NT is this fabulous exhibition um, called Fecund, Fertile Worlds. And there'll be, I think it's 22 artists, 11 Indigenous, 11 non-Indigenous artists. Um, And really it's about how these works speak to each other, looking at uh, our environment, the land, country. And in that show, I've got a video work that will be touring for the entire of 2018. And also coming up in just a couple of weeks in Queensland at Gallery One is a show called Best of the Best. That's their title. Yes. And you're in it, of course. You're in it. I love that. Um, Thank you. That's wonderful. Um, I probably wouldn't have assumed to make it a title of an exhibition of my own work. Well, that's it. Um, but I appreciate it. I appreciate being included and it's going to be a great show coinciding with the Commonwealth Games. And then, of course, we've got Out Front coming up in Melbourne, which is opening up uh, on International Women's Day. So I've got some new works in there as well. Excellent. Well, that's a, that's a perfect um, point for me to introduce the work that you do as the founder of Art World Women because um, I know the Out Front exhibition opening on the 8th of March, for those people that are familiar with International Women's Day, 8th of March is, and that particular exhibition, I'm right, thinking it's on until the April the 8th. So yes. if you're in Melbourne or going to Melbourne, this would be a fantastic thing to go and support and have a look at. Claire, we'll talk about Art World Women, but can you tell us exactly where that exhibition is on in Melbourne? Absolutely. So this is, one of the things I love about this is that um, it's, kind of really addressing the new model for um, artists and art practice. And it's a temporary space. It's a pop-up space mm-hmm. over in Collingwood at 424 Smith Street, Collingwood. Um, here we see and gallery there have secured this space for a few months and we have the first month for our show out front and I'm just going to list um, a couple of the, or a few of the names of the artists, if that's all right, because I, I would love them to be mentioned as well. And hopefully, and please forgive me for those artists that are listening if I do um, mispronounce your names, but I'm going to just mention them as well. So we have Dina Ashbolt, Emily Besser, Sue Bayer, Louise Blyton, myself, Kajara Butler, Eleanor Louise Butt, Penny Byrne, Leah Emery, Megan Evans, Naya Rapiaya, Giles, Lindy Oiho, Rosalind Lemo, Maria Lunny, Emmy Mavrudis, Fiona McGonagall, Megan Series, Helen Smith, Tanya Smith and Zan Wimberley. So it's a fabulous show that Marielle Sonny has brought together, our curator, and um, such a diverse group. So really ranging from, you know, works on paper, painting, sculpture, um, from, you know, the Northern Territory, Canberra, Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, all over Australia um, and all women artists. So to really celebrate the, the range and diversity of contemporary art um, that is by women and mm. to show that, you know, really there's, there's such a, a strength in these works and also the opportunity for um, obviously, economic sustainability of, of careers. So, you know, these works mm. have been purchased and collected. So come mm. along and see the show. But they're, you know, just, um, yeah, a stunning range of works. 
But you've got some big names in there, certainly, certainly some of those artists I, I've known of, and um, that's impressive. So again, just quickly, it's 242, what street was it, Brunswick? 424, 424. Oh, sorry, 424 Smith Street in Collingwood. Smith Street, Collingwood. Okay, fantastic. So this, tell me then how Art World Women, your organisation, um, how does that fit in with what's going on there? And tell us a little bit about Art World Women, how it started, what it's about. All right, well, I'll start with how we fit in with Outfront and then I'll go back to okay. um, the origins of Art World Women, if you like. Thanks. So uh, really it was through Marielle Sonny, you know, who knew my work and, um, you know, we'd, we'd done some things together around climate change um, with climate previously. So there was, um, you know, a great familiarity that she had with my own practice and she was very interested in having me in the show. So that's how it began. And she also realised that I um, was the founder of Art World Women and because this show is about contemporary women artists, it was seen for her the perfect partnership to have Art World Women come on board and really bring about uh, other avenues to and platforms for women to have a voice, to, you know, we've come up with the speaker program for the duration of the exhibition, but also um, supporting in terms of, um, you know, promotion and really getting the word out there for, you know, this incredible event. Mm-hmm. Okay, gorgeous. So Art World Women, what's it all about? Art World Women began way back in 2011. And really? Even though that doesn't seem like so long ago, I mean, it's quite a few years now, but to think at the time when I was looking and I was looking for, you know, websites that had work by contemporary women artists that specifically focused that, you know, I knew some other great websites um, that were around, you know, my friend Sadie Valeri over in San Francisco had started, you know, Women Painting Women, which, you know, is fabulous, real figurative realist, um, you know, showcase of, of their work. And, you know, I guess that had planted a seed. So I was looking around for contemporary, uh, you know, multidisciplinary and specifically focused on Australia and international. There was nothing. And I said, well, this has to change and I will do this. So that's where I started really to establish that, you know, to really bring a platform, a voice, um, visibility and a spotlight mm. to women that are working in this field. And mm. my vision too was not to, um, I guess, set the boundaries just around artists, but really to look at women in the arts and around visual arts um, to begin with. So, you know, but also looking at curators and collectors and gallerists and dealers, all of those women that uh, are really the, the strength of um uh, yeah, of this field. So, uh, we, uh, yeah, I don't just focus on artists, but also on those people that are influencers and decision makers and participate in, in bringing our work forward. So how do you work with those, those people? And I think you make a great point that without those, you know, creators, curators, gallery owners, etc., being involved in this, I mean, that's the underpinning, isn't it, of, of artists, women artists finding success if they're supported by those people in the industry. How, how does Art World Women actually directly work with those people? So to begin with, it's uh, interviews. So, you know, publishing interviews online and right. you know, having those conversations 
um, like we're doing now to you know, yes. get to know get to know what they're about, get to know the focus of their work, um, what their interests are. So publishing those interviews. But also there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And this is where Art World Women is going now. For example, you know, partnering with uh, Gallery There to establish exhibitions. There's some rumblings in the work. Um, and I won't say too much as yet, but we're looking at a symposium for 2019 already in planning um, with another organisation. So there's, there's a lot that kind of goes on behind the scene. Mm. And those conversations are really important, you know, working with, with other, you know, great people or looking at people like, you know, Elvis Richardson, who has the Countess report, you know, taking those factors or, you know, the Australia Council report where we're seeing that, you know, women in the arts are earning 25% less than their male counterparts mm -hmm. and that this is a worsening situation rather than an improving one over the last 10 years. So these are really critical issues that need mm -hmm. to have some answer in addressing and responding Absolutely. to. So yes, it's great to know things, these things. Yes, it's great to have these conversations. It's great to raise awareness. It's really important to have that visibility. But then what do we do to intervene? What, what creative interventions or changes can be made? And I'm a big believer in putting a lot of love on things that matter. So, um, you know, for me, this is it. I, I guess a, a big kind of outpouring of love for women artists and and seeing how that can shift. You know, we're talking about energy before, how that can shift and change the paradigm and shift and change what happens. And although that might sound a bit esoteric, that kind of energy transfers into action. And so some of those actions are, you know, having shows or looking at well, what else is needed for women. Where can we address those gaps we have an enormous amount of women going through university studying visual arts and very few seen in state and national um, gallery collections. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. And I think Elvis Richardson's study certainly brought that very much to the fore, um, which we're all appreciative of, actually. Um, she's a person I'd like to pin down for an interview, actually. She would be fabulous to, to speak to. What I, I want to intervene there because I'm... I'm curious as to you've looked deeply into this and you understand the statistics and the inequity in the field um, and I before I go on with that I just want to say thank you for the work you're doing because um, as you know it's very much aligned with the work I'm doing and figuring out on the ground here how do we get these female artists into you know thinking well about themselves so the the mental emotional side the mindset side for them and how do we help them practically so this is beautiful stuff that you're doing and I really appreciate that Art World Women exists and that, that you're doing the work you're doing. Why, uh, Claire Bridge, why do you think that inequity exists, like you're talking about, the number of, of the percentage of women studying fine arts, we look at that, I think it's something like about 75% of women that finish, you know, a fine arts degree and then we look at their representation in, in the commercial gallery world and it's just very, very much lower than that. What's your own thoughts about why that's happened or happening? I, I guess I look at the, the overall framework and structure, which is um, I see as a cultural and a societal one, you know, and that's probably more of a philosophical discussion in many ways, but we see that this kind of chauvinism where the feminine is seen as less than, is seen as less than equal, is worse derided. Um, so 
those impacts translate into effects on women's careers in all kinds of industries, not just their careers, but also their life, their economic, you know, ability to sustain themselves. Um, and much worse, you know, we see a lot of gendered violence, especially in Australia. And, and those are reflections of what the overall structure is, where we have a, we do have the patriarchy, um, where, yeah, so where opportunities for women are stymied, um, where some women may cut through and become great leaders. We've seen with, you know, for example, Prime Minister Julia Gillard, where a woman succeeds and she's cut down and punished and many more women are, are then uh, not enabled to go forward. Uh, mm. So it, it is in the visual arts, but it's also across society in Australia. Um, I was going to just mention before, you know, in terms of gendered violence, you know, there's one to two women a week being killed by their intimate partner in Australia. So it's a huge problem in Australia. It's not just an Australian problem, though. It is an international problem. These issues that we see in the visual arts are seen in all throughout the world. And what it takes to change it is people to step up and actually actively say, we're not doing this anymore. Time's up, as we've seen, you know, in Hollywood recently, time is up. Um, Mm. But, for example, in Tate Modern, where uh, the the director has just said, okay, we're going to totally shift the collection first day on the job. Um, let's bring out all the women artists that are in the storerooms and in the basement and we're going to make sure that this is 50-50. We're going to have wow. solo shows for women. So we see um, it takes absolute commitment to make those changes uh, to, yeah, to see the impact. So how do we do that on a ground level? I think... Um, some of those things are coming together. Yes, yeah, women women do need confidence, but it's not about confidence because there are obstacles or um, things that are, are currently in their way or there are gaps for women to go from one point in their career to another. And there, those are the things that need, structural things that need to be addressed so that women can actually go forward in their careers. You know, you see great movement in, you know, the early part of, of young women's careers is emerging artists, you know, hot out of college. But then what happens in mid-career? Where do they all go? Um, and their male counterparts of, you know, flying along. And, yes, for every artist this is a challenge, absolutely. doesn't matter the gender. Every artist, their career is a challenge. But we're specifically seeing those kinds of things. So um, that's what Art Women is looking at, is how to, to find ways to to build connections and collaborations and work work with um, shifting structures. Mm. What enormously important work. Again, I just celebrate the fact that you're there, Claire, and that uh, we were talking earlier about you need a team because this is a big, a big bit of work in the world to do. It is, uh, and, you and perhaps, um, you know, part of it is that, uh, you know, I'm an instigator, I'm a visionary and an instigator, it's part of my nature. And... Yes. Uh, you know, definitely entrepreneurial, having, you know, run many businesses before. So it is part of my nature to do this. But also I really believe in planting seeds. So while I might hold this vision and instigate and it's enormous and it's absolutely beyond me for personally, you know, just myself, it's a a vision for the world, but that carries some energy that 
people will come that feel that they can contribute and participate in changing and they will do their own things as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's all part of it. Mm. Well, inspirational, kind of daunting, but like, like you, I think um, I love being at the beginning of of change. I love being a front runner. (laughs) I love planting seeds. Um, and um, I think this is a very exciting time to be at the front of this um, right now, you know, this year even, um, and seeing the the conversations change. I mean, even the fact we're having this conversation, we may have not even had this conversation a couple of years ago. So things are shifting. Absolutely. Which, you know, in in 2011, Art World Women was a little bit ahead of the curve. That's Uh, the thing. Because, yes. well, yeah, I mean, obviously it was, was received really well, but at the same time there wasn't the worldwide momentum around, you know, like for the Women's March and Me Too, the empowerment mm. of women's voices that there are now. And that really, um, yeah, carries a lot of weight to bring things like Art World Women to the front so that we can actually be more effective and, and do better work, you know, like yourself as well. One thing I'd love to add too, though, is I was just chatting with the curator the other day about some of the obstacles perhaps, you know, we see that, you know, there might be big blockbuster shows for, for male artists in state or national galleries and what happens, you know, why aren't we seeing those shows for women? And fortunately in Melbourne we've got some fabulous um, big shows of, you know, three major artists, Del Catherine Barton, Louise Paramore, Helen Maudsley over at the NGV, beautiful shows um, mm-hmm. getting them if you can Um, Mm -hmm. but also one of the things that was mentioned was about being prepared and archiving your own work knowing where your artwork is who's collected it um, have all of that ready so that when someone comes knocking you can you're ready for for that show that's an important point that women can do themselves but also one of the things that really needs to happen is that these, you know, state, regional and national galleries really step up to start collecting work by contemporary women artists, Um, support those women locally because they're not going to get to that stage where they can have an international show unless they have that support already in their own country, state and national museums where that international curator can call on the curator in the state gallery here and and talk about that artist's work. And there is, you know, an extensive collection. Um, You know, we've seen that with male artists in Australia. You know, some artists have, um, you know, had enormous um, uh, capacity in terms of their work being collected by state museums. So we'd be, that's the thing that would shift it for women artists as well, is to be supported at that level so that they can then go on to have the shows and be ready for the big blossbusters when it comes about. Wow. But, you know, that is such a great point. Um, I, I think that's really interesting because when I think about my own records, um, just of my own work, and I'm sure I'm representative of, of a number of artists, it's like we're, we're so busy we're often running families or other jobs on top of, of, of our art career um, that when we sell a work, it's like, oh, great, you know, that's, that's done, a bit of cash comes in, you know, we're moving on to the next thing. And I suspect that like, a lot, like me, like a lot of female artists, many artists in general, um, aren't keeping great records of archival, you know, details of those things. I think that's just part and parcel of the, the kind of rush and busyness of trying to keep afloat. 
Um, so that's a fantastic point, really fantastic point. And I love the idea that, yes, we have to to get into that sort of, you know, national level first um, and get things documented, shown, recorded, you know, um, recognised at that point before we step into that international space. Really great. Yeah, really and, great. and the step before that is, you know, when when you see a show by women artists, collect yes. the work there. So, it, you know, it yes. has... All of these things add to it. So Out Front is coming up. We would love to see people come along. And if you love it, take it home. <laughs> Fantastic. What a great plug for Out Front in Collingwood in Melbourne. Fantastic. I'm sure anyone in Melbourne, well, Collingwood's very pretty, pretty central as is to get with. But if you're coming from interstate that'd be, or overseas, that would be well worth supporting and having a look at. Um, Claire, how else could people find you, um, firstly, as an artist and have a look at what you're doing? Because it sounds really fabulous. I'm sure you've got a few social media accounts and websites. And then also, can you give us the details of how people can find Art World Women and, and get, I know you've got a newsletter that goes out with articles and things like that. What's, fill us in on some of those details. Firstly, you as an artist. Thanks, Felicity. So for myself, my website is clairebridgeartist.com. And the Claire is C-L-A-I-R-E, B-R-I-T-E, artist.com. And for Art World Women, as it sounds, artworldwomen.com, jump on there. And there's also a subscribe um, button there on the menu. So if you would like to stay on touch or, or find out more about Art World Women, hear about call-outs for exhibitions or opportunities, jump on there and um, send me an email and we can go from there. Yeah, great, great. I, I'm, I myself am a subscriber and always enjoy getting those bits of information and, and things that you share. Are you also on Instagram? I know Art World Women is. Are you yourself? Yes, so both of us. <laughs> yeah, so for Instagram, <laughs> Instagram for myself is at Claire Bridge and for Art World Women is at Art World Women. Fantastic. Great little things to follow. And uh, I think Instagram is just such a brilliant space for artists we can see it just blossoming can't we in terms of how artists are getting out there and seen and, and connecting with each other I think it's really been brilliant okay um it, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and as I mentioned to you at the outset I will be heading down to Melbourne sometime soon and I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting in person again there and uh chatting over coffee, lunch, dinner, possibly. I think we could probably go for several days. On, on I think so. <laughs> I love what you're doing also, Felicity. It's fantastic work. Oh, thanks so much. I'm pretty excited about it. So um, for those people that want to know about mine, of course, it's the Art Activator Program. You can find that on my website, um, Supporting Women Artists uh, and Artists in General, FelicityOconnor.com. And we have an awesome Facebook community. Claire, you may find that um, if you're not familiar with that or some of the artists that you know, um, please share it around. From the Easel on Facebook is uh, a very supportive platform for all artists of all genders. Um, and we're creeping up to about 2,000 members there. We have some fantastic conversations, which is what I love about my Facebook community there, that it's not just about look at me, look at me, here's my art, here's my art, and people just posting images. We love that too. But we actually have some really decent, interesting conversations and questions. It's a very supportive space for people to be able to ask things on a practical level about their art work in our career and all sorts of things as well so um from the easel is a great a great step in the right direction i think to help all artists and i'm very proud of that too so 
I'm thinking, and we will be meeting and talking further about a collaboration between uh, the Art Activator Program and Art World Women, and I'm very excited about what you, you're doing down there in Melbourne, and I can see that this will be bigger than Melbourne, probably bigger than Australia, and I really look forward to watching the journey of Art World Women and very much appreciate all the hard work that you're putting in to support all the artists that you are and all the artists that you will be supporting into the future. So all the best for the next up, uh, out, front, out front exhibition and everything else that's going to come forward in 2018 and beyond. Claire Bridge, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to talk to you today and thank you very much for being part of our podcast, This Creative Life. Appreciate it very much. Thank you for listening. It's been absolutely delightful speaking with you. And just before I pop off, I will mention we do have a couple of artist talks coming up for Out Front. And the first is on Saturday the 10th of March and the second one is on Thursday the 22nd of March. So jump on and check out our Instagram at Art World Women. You'll see uh, those events come up and subscribe so that you can get those invitations as well. We'd love to see people come along and hear people like Penny Burns speak, Rosalind Limo, uh, we have an extraordinary speaker coming up as well who um, I think pretty much all Australians will know and love. So um, I look forward to announcing that one shortly as well. Oh, well, maybe I'll jump on a plane a bit sooner than I was expecting to <laughs> You better look at the on that one. That sounds very exciting. All right. Thank you. Great to speak to you too. Thanks for all your time today. And um, we look forward to to seeing the the journey forward for uh, lots of of artists in Australia supported by Upworld Women. Thank you. Fantastic. Thanks, Felicity. Hello, listeners. Popping in just quickly again before you go, it's Felicity here. And I'm really thrilled to tell you about one of the things I've created for artists called a marketing mini series for artists, which is a three part audio mini training for artists all about marketing because it's often a bit of a tripping point for artists that I see happening um, and I would really love to give you all the resources I can to help you get over that. We talk about overcoming resistance to marketing, uh, a marketing strategy, what exactly what you need to do to have uh, an ex- a successful marketing strategy and of course one of my favorite topics about investing in yourself, what happens when you do and what happens when you don't. So go to the links in the show note for the link to the three-part audio marketing mini-series for artists now, or you can email my team, team at felicityoconnor.com, and we would be happy to send that to you. Hope it helps. I'll look forward to getting your feedback. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.